you strike up a conversation and if you want to continue talking to that person, what do you normally do? Do you just say, fuck it, I'm done talking to you? Or do you say, it would be nice to keep talking to you. Can I, I have your information? Yeah, okay. Or what you can do is say, fuck all of that. And as you walk up to him, do a little 360, a little spin, <laughs> rest your arm on the bar and say, you tired? You've been running through my mind all day. Wow. And then wow. blow him a little kiss. Hello, welcome back. I'm here again for another episode of Interstates and Heartbreak, a podcast all about the shared experience of dating. And it's a very special episode because I have my inaugural podcast guest, Denzel Walks. And his episode was fantastic. For those of you who didn't listen, it was Interstates and Tinder Dates. And Denzel has provided a lot of great insight about dating. And it's very unfiltered, very personal experiences. And I really value his opinion. So I'm really honored to have him back on the podcast yet again thank you leslie what a a fantastic intro i appreciate it yeah and so for anyone who listened to your previous episode they might be curious you know that came out a while ago it was actually recorded over a year ago what has been going on with you in the past year and what's happening in the world of dating any big life updates Funny enough, I had listened back to the Chris Bess episode Mm -hmm. where he spoke about Tinder's algorithm and how that app behaves based on how you interact with it. And what I did was I took his advice and put it into practice late during coronavirus. Mm -hmm. Probably not the best choice, but (laughs) I was like, I need to meet new people because Mm -hmm. I don't want to talk to the same people online every day. (laughs) And so... I pay for Tinder Platinum. It's $40 a month. It's fucking expensive. That is. And I also pay for the boosts, which are a separate package from Tinder Platinum, which are like 30 bucks for a set of six. And so do you use like maybe six in a month? I've used four in a month. Okay. okay. So before paying for the package of boosts, I was buying them individually for $6.99. Oh, wow. That adds up. Dude. Yeah. So I've spent maybe on the app total so far, like $130, $140 in two months. Oh, okay. And granted, your mileage will certainly vary. Mm-hmm. My experience when I wasn't paying for the apps is I'd get like five or six matches in the first two weeks, week, something like that. Mm-hmm. And then it would be dead for the remainder of the time that I was on the app. Yeah. And when I was on last time, I'm pretty sure I'd said something like, I'm on there for about a month. Mm-hmm. And then I get off, give yeah. it a few months, and then I come back. And now that I'm paying for it, I'm getting more consistent matches throughout my usage. Mm-hmm. Granted, I send a lot of messages, don't get a lot of responses back. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the tail of the tape for Tinder for me. Okay. It's either I get no matches or I get very few responses. Because a lot of people respond differently to a lot of things, right? Mm-hmm. And it's impossible to guess 
what somebody's going to respond to. Some people respond really well to a cheesy pickup line. <laughs> Other people respond really well to normal conversation. Yeah. And it's rare that the two shall meet. So I find myself at an impasse. I randomly will send whatever to whoever. <laughs> and if they don't have any information in their profile, I just pull up from 40 <laughs> and I put something in their inbox. Now, for those of you who aren't aware, <laughs> pulling up from 40 is a reference to basketball. The three-point line is 32 and a half feet or something like that. Mm-hmm. And Steph Curry frequently will pull up from 40 feet away because he can make any shot. Is he the only one who does that? Is it a Steph specific thing? No, a lot of shooters will pull up from 40. Okay. Nobody is good as Steph, I don't think. Okay. But a lot of people do. And me, as somebody who's not as good as Steph, my <laughs> shot percentage is floating around zero. No. When I, when I, <laughs> zero. Yeah, pretty close. As as close to zero as you can get without it actually being zero. <laughs> The limit does not exist. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's that's where I'm at. I did meet somebody recently, not like IRL, mm-hmm. but I did like meet somebody that I thought that I was getting along with really well. And she hit me with, we should be friends. And Horrible. Yeah. Yeah. It was uh, really interesting because we had been talking like pretty much every day for two weeks. Yeah. And after some time, she kind of just like in the middle of a conversation, not to say that it was like completely random, but in the area of the topic, it was kind of just like, yeah, I mean, I couldn't imagine being in this position. I'm just looking for friends or something along the lines of that. So it's like. And you think it was definitely a pointed response to kind of where she saw your relationship going like she was trying to get ahead of it and like put you in the friend zone yeah because you don't really say that sort of thing when you're romantically interested in somebody right i guess that's true because as somebody who has learned a lot of lessons about talking to people Mm -hmm. there are certain things that you kind of just don't make mention of right Mm -hmm. when you're dating somebody when you're on the first date it's probably not a good idea to make jokes about kids (laughs) like having kids with that person right like and when you're talking to somebody that you're romantically interested in it's probably good not to allude to whether or not you're looking for a long-term relationship or just friends unless if you intend to let that person know that information that's true yeah i feel like Usually when you're talking about anything that's forward looking or about relationship status, it is very pointed when you're talking to someone who you could have a connection with. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I'd be lying if I were to say I'm not incredibly disappointed, crushed even. Oh. My feelings are very hurt, Leslie. I'm so sorry. And I recently stopped drinking. Oh. And I'm just kidding. I didn't. <laughs> 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 oh my gosh i'm just I, it's been a whole day since my a last whole drink. day <laughs> it's like those signs where it's like there have been blank days since an accident and it's like you have to erase it and it's like one day <laughs> yep exactly <laughs> except i leave it at zero just in case <laughs> let's not get ahead of ourselves <laughs> yeah oh well i'm sorry that you had to deal with that i want to ask you do you think you're going to pursue a friendship with this person given that you were so interested in them Friendship, probably not. I don't know. Maybe. I, like, am I going to go out of my way to make sure that this person stays in my life? Yeah. No. Okay. If she does, 
Would you continue I'm not going to like shun her. I'm but are you going to keep talking to her with the same frequency? Because from what you described, you were communicating really regularly and that takes up a lot of time. And I think it's kind of a question of like, okay, is this a big enough value add to the other friends you already have when you could spend that time focused on yourself or focused on finding somebody else? I mean, no, not with the same frequency, not at all. Okay. I mean, I with my friends, I hardly talk to them daily. Yeah. At least some of them. Mm-hmm. The ones that aren't extremely online, I definitely don't talk to daily. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't think so. I'm not going to suddenly change my behaviors for somebody who's a friend now. Yeah. I mean, if you want to be friends, we can be friends, but it's like, oh, you get the friend treatment. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. No priorities anymore. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. All right. So I guess now diving into the real reason why I invited you back on the podcast, in addition to hearing about your dating life, which I always love hearing about. So Denzel he has had many pointed opinions about some of the topics that have come up on previous podcast episodes. And so it's something we'll frequently talk about. And we just have some differing opinions about things. I think that my approach is one that Denzel doesn't always agree with. And so today, I wanted to bring him on the podcast specifically to talk about whether or not girls should ask guys out on dates. And actually, I even want to rephrase that because I would like to say on the record, I don't think there is any should do this, should do that. I think if you want to ask guys out and that's your style, that's awesome and you should do it. And it's more about my tendency to not ask guys out. Okay. Yeah. That's a good start. Let's start with this, Leslie. You absolutely should ask that guy out that you've been stalking that's on your block. (laughs) Okay, I wasn't even going to get to that until the end of the episode, but now I guess we should just dive into the whole whole reason why this is very personal to me at this moment. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay, so I'll give the listeners a little bit of background. So there are actually two guys who, since the start of the pandemic, have run past my place regularly on my block. And I told Denzel about both of them. One of them was like, very attractive, like to the point where I was like, he lives in this neighborhood. And I know he lives nearby and wasn't just someone who was running a distance run and like happened to pass by because there was one day where this is gonna make me sound like a stalker, but I was sitting on the couch next to the window. So I saw he ran by with a dog. And then maybe 10 minutes later, he passed by again with no dog. And so I was like, clearly, you know, putting two and two together, he must have dropped the dog off at home. That would imply that home is relatively nearby. So as soon as I told Denzel about this guy, he was literally never to be seen again. It was like, as soon as I spoke him into existence, he just disappeared. Like he got an inkling that there was someone around who was creeping on him. But there's another guy who... I started to see before this other one, and he has remained pretty consistent. He'll run by my place every morning, and I have not spoken to him. And Denzel told me, you need to ask this guy out. And I was very in my head about it because in addition to the fact that I just don't ask people out in general, this particular situation is a difficult one because I would have to like stop him mid-run, and I feel like it would be very awkward, more awkward than asking someone out just like, in a normal scenario. You know, it's like you're interrupting their workout. They're caught off guard. I feel like it kind of becomes clear that you were like watching them because no one is just like hanging around on my street organically like that. But there was an update. And so at like 9am on a Tuesday morning, I texted Denzel, just all caps, Denzel. And he's like, yes. And I was like, 
you're going to be so excited. I just talked to that guy. And I know you were probably disappointed because your follow-up question was, okay, did you hit on him? Did you ask him out? And I was like, um, no, we just like said good morning to each other. <laughs> but for me, it was a big first step because it was like, this sounds stupid, but it was like a very in-depth, like involved good morning, if that makes sense. It wasn't just like a head nod or something. It was like eye contact, like he waved, hello, good morning, like more of an extended interaction than I would have guessed since he was mid-run. And more importantly, I think now if I do approach him, it's not just like, who is this stranger? Like, hopefully it's like, oh yeah, I've seen you before. And so there's some established connection. How long has it been since then? It has been about two weeks. Okay. So don't wait too much longer. You better get out there, Leslie. I know. Everybody close your eyes right now. And imagine the Judge Judy gif where she's pointing out her watch and then slapping her, her stand. It's one of my favorite gifs. Yeah, that's exactly what's going on here. I know. Okay, so... All right. Well, I want to dive into that later because I want to get your thoughts on like how I should approach him. But first, I kind of wanted to talk about why I don't traditionally ask guys out and get your thoughts about why I should reframe that. So I know I've had this conversation not only with you, but also with Will. And so your thought is that there's no guy out there who's really going to think, oh, I don't want a girl to ask me out. Like you think most guys are going to be stoked. And I see that. I don't think that you guys are incorrect. I don't think that you guys are lying. I don't think that you guys are the anomaly when you say that. However, I think that for better or for worse, historically and in our society, there's just so much information that makes it seem like women shouldn't ask men out. Or even if it's not that they shouldn't, that men will respond in a particular way or they'll view you in a different light. And so I'm not necessarily saying that I agree with that. But I think that because that's so ingrained in our society, that's always in the back of my head. And I actually read this quote from a sociology professor today, and I'm going to read it just because they explain it better than I could. So what they said, sociologists think of gender as a performance. It's something you act, something you demonstrate for other people. We've performed our gender for so long, and the role is so ingrained that it affects how we feel about ourselves and other people. Men can say, I'd like women to do the asking and the paying, but nonetheless, the moment she reaches for the check feels awkward for both the man and the woman. So I read that just to say, I think that it's kind of like what you and Will are saying, like, yeah, guys want women to ask them out. Like, that's really great. It would be nice to have a switch of the gender norms. But I think it's just so ingrained in our society that in the back of my mind, I'm like, okay, but how is that going to actually change the relationship dynamic, whether the guy is aware that it's being changed or not? Those are those are fantastic questions. So the way that I see it, that sociologist is a dork nerd, virgin. (laughs) Oh who, my God. Who has never asked anybody out ever. I mean, on, on the serious <laughs> side, I, it's, it's impossible to tell how somebody's going to react to it until you do it, right? Here's a good example. So there are some things in my life that are deal breakers. Mm-hmm. Like, let's say I, for whatever reason, find myself at a church retreat and mm-hmm. I meet a lovely lady there mm-hmm. and she says, okay, if you, if you want to be my love, we can't have sex until we're married and you have to go to church every week with me. Those are deal breakers. It's not a very catchy lyric either. Yeah. yeah right. <laughs> Terrible at rhyming. That's the number one deal breaker. And th- those things are identifiers 
that I don't want to be with that person, yeah. right? And if you meet a man who's like, oh, oh she's she's paying for the bill. Oh, <laughs> is that is that really somebody that you want to be with? No, but I think it's more nuanced than that. Like you do have the guys who are like a hundred percent. That's great. You also have the guys who are like, I refuse to pay on the first date. You know, like even going further than that. And then you have the guys who are ultra traditional. But I think somewhere in between, and that's kind of what I'm considering, are the guys who philosophically do believe that women should be able to ask men out all of this stuff but it just shifts the dynamic and in a way that they might not even be aware of like it's just a subconscious thing let's say it is awkward Mm -hmm. a little bit okay so it's a little bit awkward and if the relationship dynamic changes i mean like in what way would it change that you would even be aware of because you don't have a pre-existing relationship that is a great question so i had a similar conversation with a recent podcast guest who is a dating coach and she wrote this book called date to find your soulmate and she goes into a lot of her personal experience, which I think is great because she's had so many dates that were, you know, they didn't go the way that you would hope. And so she's played upon that experience to inform how she would behave going forward. Cause it's kind of like, you know, learning from your mistakes in the best way. And she was actually someone who asked guys out a lot. You know, if she was interested, she would approach them. And so she's still of the mind that you should ask guys out if you want to. But since asking guys out, she's kind of evolved to say that she would not recommend women ask guys out for a second date. So regardless of who asks out who for the first date, she believes that after the first date, whether or not you're interested, the guy should make the move because if they don't and you make the move, it kind of like makes them feel lazy and it makes them feel like, okay, they've already got you and like they aren't really going to like court you or pers- like, I, I know I've used the word pursue around you before and you've roasted me for the fact that it sounds very predatory. So I guess they won't court you and like they'll kind of feel like they can take the relationship for granted. That is her experience as someone who is asked out in her words. She's asked a lot of guys out on like second dates, third dates. And she just kind of noticed that the dynamic shifted and like they would be interested, but then it's kind of like the interest fell to the wayside. I mean, I guess it's impossible to say with certainty if it was solely because they felt like, Oh, she's doing the pursuing and they got lazy. But if it's a common thread, I think it's kind of a fair, a fair correlation to make. I think that it's important to note what years this stuff has taken place in as well, mm-hmm. because the dating landscape now versus, let me assume, maybe the early 2000s or even through the early 2000s. And she was dating from like the early 90s or whatever. And culture has changed so much in that time span from like the 90s to now that some of those ideas may be more applicable to back then Mm -hmm. than they are to now because the internet has changed so much Mm -hmm. and people's behaviors have adjusted so much and even if you look in the last five years Mm -hmm. people's behaviors have changed a lot so to rely on advice from somebody who was dating people and is probably still dating people from her generation or around there. I think she's around our age. I don't know her exact age, but I think honestly, she's like maybe five years older than me. Honestly, then it's like, I don't want to discount anybody's personal experience, but I don't know how much value that experience has hmm. because it makes a difference where you are who you're talking to, what age range you're targeting, like socioeconomic factors as well. Like it's not as easy to say like all men everywhere are going to behave the same. 
That's true. I guess part of why I valued her experience also is like she dated in Chicago. She dated in New York. She dated in LA. There was like one other place too. So I was just like, I don't know. She has a wide sample size. I mean, it can't be that wide, right? Relative to how many men. Sounds like she, I don't know, just based on the book, she had a lot of dating stories. I mean, look, even if, even if you take like a slice of 2000 men, right? 2000. And she dated 2,000 people over a 10-year span. Mm -hmm. And she had the same experience with 2,000 people. That's still a drop in the bucket relative to every other person in every other city just in the U.S. Yeah, but you can't look at research that way because by that mathematical logic, like then no research study actually matters because you can't survey like 90% of the population. It's about like a law of averages. And so if you survey 2000 people and you have a consistent experience across those 2000, even if it's still like, oh, well, 2000 is a drop in the bucket, you can still assume that that would extrapolate over a broader population. So it would depend on the methodology as well as the samples selected. Like, I don't assume that she's going after the same type of men, but if she is, then that's not broadly applicable, right? True. The finance dude in Chicago and New York and LA might have similar behaviors, but if you're not looking for a musician in LA versus the finance guy in Chicago versus the film guy in New York or the comedian in Florida. Like if you're not selecting for career age, what it like financials education, if you're not controlling for all of these things and that stuff is kind of worthless, right? Like there are assumptions that you can make about college students mm-hmm. that are like broadly applicable, right? Mm-hmm. Like if you're in college, chances are you're broke. And chances are you have enough money to pay for college. Chances are if you live in Texas, you, and you're from Texas, you have like more of a religious experience than somebody who grew up in California, right? Like these are the sorts of things that you can make generalizations about. But if you're telling me that her experience with some finance guy in New York and some fucking surfer in San Diego are going to be the same, then I'm not buying it. So I don't know. I would say that there are more commonalities when it comes to just dating in general than you might think. Like just because someone grew up somewhere different or has a different career, I still feel like the things that we as a society have learned about dating don't vary that much if you grew up in California versus even Texas. Like, I do think there are varieties in terms of like, okay, if you grew up in one state, you might be inclined to settle down and get married sooner. Or like you mentioned, like maybe you're more likely to say religion is going to be an important part of my relationship. But I think in terms of how you approach the initial phases of dating, I think those things are pretty consistent. I would argue that even if you look at religious groups, just from somebody who's agnostic to Christian to uh, Latter-day Saint, like if you look at these different groups, you can find disparate behaviors in each, right? Mm-hmm. So based on what a friend of mine has told me, people that he knew that went to Brigham Young University, young Mormon kids, would leave the state, go to Las Vegas to get married mm. over the weekend oh. so they could have sex in the eyes of God or whatever. Oh. 
he's told me these things have happened. Mm-hmm. How true that is, I'm unsure, right? Mm-hmm. But that in itself is such a different behavior than you'll see from somebody in California where it's just like, we don't need to get married. We can just have sex. Yes. I think that religion brings in a whole, like a whole range of different elements. You're right. I would say it's safe to assume this woman wasn't dating any Mormons. You know, it's like, I think that when you have religious beliefs that are such an important part of your life, you're less likely to date outside of your religion. So my assumption would be that either, you know, I know that she is a Jewish woman, so I'm not sure what the percentage of Jewish men that she was dating are, but my assumption would be that she was either dating men who share her faith or for whom faith isn't that important. So I don't think that that would have the same impact in her experience. There's not enough data here to make a judgment on my part, yeah. but based on what you're telling me, it sounds like hooey. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I mean, honestly, not to like completely discount somebody's personal experience, but to give anybody any hard and fast rules about life is kind of is is strange because every person's experience is going to vary so much mm-hmm. like a ton like for instance no that's a bad example i was going to use rupaul's drag race as an example <laughs> I love but that. i love that show so much but it, it's difficult to make assumptions about how individuals will behave right yeah and you know what the common factor is there her what if she's just a shitty person Wow. Well, I don't think she is, but it's not like I'm only using her as a data point, right? It's like our society has always kind of alluded to the fact that like men are the ones who take the lead and like even this book, The Rules, which I know before we started this conversation, you hadn't heard of. So for anyone who's unfamiliar, The Rules is a book that was written in 1995 by two women and it is 35 chapters, each of which dives into a different rule that women should follow if they want to find a husband. It's a very interesting book. I've not read it yet, but I read up about it a lot before this discussion. I'm still curious to read it, honestly, because it sounds from what I've seen that even though it was written in 1995, a lot of the beliefs are more like they're from 1965. But to give an example from what they say, on their website, they have this quote that says, we began to notice that the women who played hard to get either deliberately or by accident were the ones who got the guys, while the women who asked the guys out or were too available were the ones who got dumped. So I'm not saying I agree and that everyone needs to follow these same set of rules. That would be so weird and ridiculous if everyone were just behaving in the exact same way. I'm just kind of trying to explain why I kind of had this aversion to asking people out myself. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm not going to pretend that society hasn't pounded into people's heads that if you're the dude, you ask women out and that it's atypical for it to happen the other way around. And even down to like middle school and high school, the idea that a Sadie Hawkins dance even existed (laughs) is something that helps reinforce the idea of the patriarchy, right? Mm-hmm. The, if you're a woman, now's your chance. <laughs> Ask a man this out. One day. Like, this is this is the one day a year. This is opposite day. <laughs> <laughs> and to give more context, I was thinking about this. We had a Sadie Hawkins dance in high school. I think it was my sophomore year. And I had someone who I really wanted to ask. I had, like, a very big crush on him, and I chickened out. I didn't even ask him out, even though it was quote unquote acceptable in this one case. 
I mean, it should be acceptable year round. I know. But like you said, you know, this was the one time where it's like no one could even bat an eye if you asked a guy out because it's like, well, this is expected. Yeah. And I still didn't do it. Yeah. And I mean, even going back to how culture has moved forward now, I don't know if Sadie Hawkins dances still exist, but I think the idea that women should be equal partners in the dating world is something that's moved forward quite a bit in the last few years. Yeah. And look, everybody's experience is going to be different with dating. If you don't want to ask people out on the second date and that's worked for you, that's fine. Mm -hmm. But my issue with applying broad sets of rules and trying to make them applicable for everybody else Mm -hmm. is how you end up with things like pickup artistry Mm -hmm. and pickup artists, uh, fucking weird group of dudes yeah and very scary group of dudes yeah absolutely they rely on things that are basically hokum it's like neuro-linguistic programming and they start talking in weird rhythms Mm -hmm. to try to draw (laughs) more attention to what they're saying like it's shit like that it's they start behaving in weird ways to to try to attract women Mm -hmm. right and that's not good right it's very odd stuff Mm -hmm. but i think it's important to find out what works for you right and and not to like take anybody's advice as gospel like just because you read it in one book doesn't mean it's going to work for you right like sean marion in the nba shot real weird (laughs) but he made those jumpers Mm -hmm. he had a very weird non-traditional shot and it worked for him he was in the nba yeah i i do agree and i think that now I've already listened to a lot of podcasts, but I think now I've dove into more podcasts since I've started podcasting. I've like started to follow more bloggers about the topic of dating. And it can be very frustrating because there's a lot of great advice out there, but there's so much contradictory advice. So you can read one thing and be like, oh yeah, this makes complete sense. And then read someone else's opinion and it's complete opposite. And you're like, oh yeah, that makes complete sense. I have a great example about this actually. One of my friends I let take over my dating profile mm. and he had a very specific technique of talking to women, mm-hmm. how he interacted with them. Granted, I feel like this might be a bit of an exaggerated uh, <laughs> response to this, but he sent a message. I don't remember what it said mm-hmm. uh, to a woman and she responded with saying, you're an N word. She just straight called me. I mean, the actual word. Yeah. It wow. was, it was, uh, an interesting time. And yeah. it like, again, your mileage may vary because he, he had success with that sort of behavior. Yeah. Like lots of it. But me, no dice. No, I mean, that is clearly a hateful person. And so it, again, it's like with every example. It's hard to say, like, maybe yeah. you could have said anything and yeah. she just would have responded could've, that way. Could have been, could have been. But it is a great example of like. But also, I just want to note that that's not the only person he had sent messages to on mm-hmm. my behalf. Mm-hmm. And like, he definitely, he definitely didn't get any, I I didn't have any success through him messaging for me mm. on the app at Interesting. all. Okay. Like, he even, we went even, we even went as far as to like rewrite my entire profile. Really? Yeah, dude. It, this was, it was like, real deep shit yeah we were like 
it was a very big concern for me because oh. like it was like oh i want to i want to start dating because this is like uh a very big part of a young person's life mm-hmm. going out and dating people meeting people but for a long time like even with his help i had zero success mm-hmm. like zero success yeah wow well i have to just call out i feel like this is a far cry from the philosophy you had when we first recorded in terms of your prioritization of dating what do you mean i feel like you know before you were on the apps but i think that you have kind of shifted to prioritize them and like prioritize finding a partner more no well i mean to be fair we recorded that before a global pandemic (laughs) yes and i had far less time on my hands yeah and like i was i was shaking and moving and now i'm like slowly getting back to filling up my time with things working full-time going to school full-time yeah and i just got a part-time job hustling yeah on the grind shout outs capitalism bang 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 (laughs) bang bang i like prioritizing getting matches i mean it comes in fits and starts for me because honestly like sometimes if i'm being completely vulnerable here Mm -hmm. leslie sometimes i get lonely oh and i just want to be with somebody yeah not to say that it had ever been going poorly. I feel like the neutral state of that is just not having anybody to talk to anybody to meet. Okay. But like, that's why I was deleting the app every few months because it was just like, well, I tried, uh, time to get back to doing other more fun things. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It can be demoralizing and I think it's healthy to take breaks from the app because otherwise it's just kind of like, you're going through the motions and I feel like when you don't look forward to it, then you should probably, stop for at least a little while i still don't look forward to being on the apps honestly i mean look and i know what this sounds like i know it just occurred to me what this sounds like it sounds like i'm bitter and the reason why i had said a bunch of the stuff on the last episode Mm. was because i'm I'm a bitter boy (laughs) and i just don't want to date because nobody wants to date me that's (laughs) not the case because like after not dating for so long it takes a little bit of introspection Mm -hmm. to like kind of find out what would make me happy and how how to make myself happy yeah right yeah and largely like i don't care about the validation of others like i don't care what's important to me is being able to live a fulfilling life Mm -hmm. and part of that something that i wasn't aware of back then that i'm more aware of now is at least being able to meet new people yes like interacting with people is something that i really enjoy not like a lot (laughs) like i don't need to do it in moderation yeah absolutely in moderation like going out on the weekends and meeting new people like Mm -hmm. i don't at this point i don't give a fuck about seeing the same faces all the time yeah i've seen you for fucking 12 months now yeah i don't know when this episode's going to be released but it's been it's been almost 12 months i like that you pushed it forward a little yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) i mean it's it's nice to meet people and part of the reason why i downloaded the apps again is because i wanted to like meet new people talk to people like one thing that I didn't realize that I do is I fucking talk to a lot of bartenders because I, yeah. I sit at the bar and I'll drink and I'll talk to the bartenders. And like, that's a fun experience. It is. I meet people who are sitting at the bar mm-hmm. I meet people at restaurants, talk to servers, like that kind of thing. Yeah. Like that experience is just out of my life. And granted, I may not have been doing it as frequently as I used to, mm-hmm. but like even getting that exposure to the people that I'm not familiar with mm-hmm. was good. Yeah. And so having the apps again is kind of just like, well, at least I'm meeting new people. It's not necessarily the goal. I don't think was to date 
Like, I don't, even now, it's just like. Interesting. Because it's kind of like what Chris Best said. It's like an introduction app. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a pandemic. I'm not going to fucking leave my house, right? To like, well, I will. I mean, yeah, I was going to say you do sometimes. Yeah, there was one night on New Year's Eve. Yeah, I know. I know your stories. Yeah, that was, uh, yes. Anyway, yeah, I will leave the house, but like not frequently, right? Like not. Selective. Selective leaving of the house. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Okay, well, that, I think that was a really good insight into your experience and where your opinions are coming from. And so I want to circle back because I know that after listening this far, people probably just think I'm the most traditional and the least progressive. No, 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 they don't, Leslie. <laughs> I want to assure you of that because you not once have said women need to be barefoot in the kitchen, pregnant at all times. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that would, what a nightmare. Yeah, awful. <laughs> Horrific. So what I would like to say is that I've become even more progressive. And so I texted you because I listened to this podcast episode. And it's one of my favorite podcasts. And they had an author, John Berger, he wrote this book, Datanomics, and he's coming out with a new book called Make Your Move. And the title of the episode was Where Are All the Decent Men? And the whole gist of it was, why are there so many amazing, successful women who are single who can't seem to find a partner? And I was like, okay, obviously, this is of interest to me. So I listened, and he brought up a lot of really great points about why he thinks that women should ask guys out. And when I texted you, I was worried about offending you because I didn't want it to seem like I didn't want to listen to what you had to say. But now this other person said it and I'm listening. I just think that there were a couple of things that he pointed out that were a little different from your perspective. And sometimes you I don't know, different things hit differently for people. And so I think some oh, of these. So in short, it's sometimes you're an asshole, Denzel, and I don't want to hear no. it. <laughs> That's what it sounds like to me, Leslie. I can't no. believe what I'm hearing. I... Uh, thumbs up on this episode rated five stars if that's what you think Leslie is oh. saying. And even well, if rated you don't, five stars anyway. <laughs> yeah. Even if you don't, rated five stars. Yeah, please. I can't believe this, Leslie. <laughs> so I think the funniest thing is that I, Denzel was like, well, can I listen to the podcast episode? And I sent it to you and you hated it. But it made some good points. And I think we could agree upon some of the points that the author in particular made. Yeah. Yeah. So I think one thing that I wanted to dive into, and I wanted to get your take on this. So this author was saying that a lot of times women will want to play coy and they want to hint at the fact that they're interested in a guy and men just don't pick up on that, that men can be clueless to a woman's interest. And I think that there are some men who are like that, but he made it seem like that is more common than I would have thought. That is like more men are like not attuned to pick up on hints and flirtations. Do you feel like that? Like, have you ever had an experience where a woman has been interested and you didn't know until after the fact? Yes, actually. That really? was uh, up until I was like 25, really. There was somebody actually told me that very recently. I think it was like early last year. They had said like, you, when you were hanging out around here a lot, Denzel, I really wanted to date you. And I was Aww. just like, why wouldn't you tell me that? Why wouldn't you just say that? I was awful uh-huh. at acknowledging those sorts of things mm. because I was younger, clearly, because that's how time works. <laughs> and I... I was more aloof. I was just kind of hanging out back then. Mm-hmm. And I would never, aside from like specifically using apps to try to like meet people, I, in real life, I never was like flirting with somebody or like mm. trying to mac on them. I just wanted to, you know, hang out, be okay. cool. 
Okay. So I, that is really interesting. I'm surprised because I feel like you are a very self-aware, not only self-aware, but also you pick up on signals and situations. And like, I feel like you can read people pretty well. So if you're saying that, then I think that just really gives a lot more credence to that than I'd already had. Yeah. And also, this is more of a recent revelation, but I never was comfortable with somebody in so far as like romance goes, being coy about it Mm -hmm. because there's like a lot of room for interpretation Mm -hmm. at different levels there. And it's not like, I don't think when people talk about like the fear of being rejected, Mm -hmm. it's like the fear of destroying a friendship was a a concern for me because it wasn't people that I was just meeting who were telling me this. It's people that I was around like a lot. Yeah. It's like, yo, like, I see you two or three times a week and you're telling me now that you were trying to fuck me back then. (laughs) Like I wasn't thinking about that. I was just having a good time hanging out. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Three people have told me that. Okay. Over, I think it was like a five or so year span, something like that. Wow. And that's, I mean, that was young me when I was, uh, I don't know, a different guy. I'm like now (laughs) reflecting and I'm like, what about me? Like, has anyone been like, I used to have the biggest crush on you and the answer is no. (laughs) I'm like, that's so sad. I'm like kind of (laughs) jealous. Don't don't be. I mean, it's it would have saved me a lot of trouble. Hmm. Anyway, yes, uh, that is something that did happen. And I mean, I I don't want to play it like it's something that happened a ton, Mm -hmm. but I don't. I've never been a fan of like the coy, like, are you flirting with me? (laughs) Oh my goodness. Oh, you're so cute. Oh, let's, let's inch towards each other closer and closer until we're holding hands. I mean, that's like kind of, even as you're describing it, I'm like, this might sound toxic, but that's like kind of exciting. I, I, like, I get it. I understand the appeal because it's been drilled into the brains of people through <laughs> romantic comedies that that sort of behavior is what should be desired. <laughs> and like, because these people have perfect chemistry, because it's a movie, it's fiction, <laughs> those things don't need to be checked on. But in my personal belief, it's better to get a little heat check. See, like, <laughs> Are you feeling this? Are you okay with this? Is this something you want to do? Yes, it's like boring. It may suck the uh, <laughs> movie quality romance out of it, yeah. but it makes for a better experience. Babe, do you want to hold hands? Not cute, but <laughs> you're holding hands at the end of it. I mean, like you could just hold someone's hand. You don't have to ask. It's For some people in some relationships, you do. I guess. Okay, so from your perspective, how would you have wanted those women to approach the situation when they did like you? Like, what should they have done? What should they have said? For a second there, I was thinking about, like, what 20-year-old me would want. Mm-hmm. But like, I, what would impo- 30-year-old you want? I'm not just trying to tell date 20-year-olds. <laughs> just, just tell me. Just say, hey, like, I'm interested in you. Or I like you, Denzel. Do you want to date? Or Do you like, want to date? I don't know. I don't know how to phrase it. Just, hey, I like you. And like, or tell me how you feel, I think is more a better representation. Okay. Right. Because I not telling me is not doing anybody any favors. Mm -hmm. Right. If you don't say anything, I'm never going to know. That is fair. And I think that when you have a friendship with someone, yeah, you do have to take a leap. It's not that it isn't scary. To your point, it's probably scarier because you have something to lose, potentially that being the friendship. But you do have an in, right? It's like you can easily talk to this person. You're already in conversation with them. And you can just say, hey, I've been starting to feel differently and like blah, blah, blah. And dive in there. 
What about from the perspective of a stranger going back to the guy who runs past my place? I don't know. Like all we've said is good morning. So what would you recommend that I do in that scenario? Just tell him. Tell him what? Tell him, hey, you're hot. Let's fuck. I'm okay. just kidding. I mean, if if you if you want to take him out on a date or you want to go out on a date with him, you stop him and you say, "Hey, would you be interested in going out?" And like worst case scenario, he changes his running route. Oh my god, how sad! I mean, it ruined that man's morning. It, oh oh no, he has to run one block west. Oh, okay. So clearly this is something that I'm still getting to terms with because I'm still visibly uncomfortable by the idea of saying that, but okay. Things to consider. Yeah, I Well, honestly, it's not easy, right? You're basically saying like, let me stop somebody in the middle of what they're doing and yeah. tell them like, yo, I'm trying to fuck. <laughs> like that's effectively what you're doing. And that's not easy to do. Even <laughs> if he was somebody that you saw often, like let's say you went to the same coffee shop, yeah. it would probably be easier to approach him in a coffee shop, but it's still not an easy thing to do. No. This motherfucker runs by your house and like, look, the interpretation is much more different Mm -hmm. if it's me this fucking dude street harassing a lady (laughs) running by versus you street harassing a man it's not street harassment i mean it wouldn't be interpreted as street harassment if you were doing it yeah it's like you stop this guy you say what's your number or you just get straight to the point what are you so bold it is (laughs) do you want to live life boldly leslie what if (sighs) what if this guy is the best guy you've ever dated. What if this is your Prince Charming? I know. I don't know. So I actually, I follow this relationship coach and he told this story about this woman who, I don't know, this this is not even worth telling. It's like one of those like stories that's so cheesy where it's like, that's the exception, not the rule. But basically she saw this guy on the train every day, gave him her number and then she freaked out. And then she found out he had a girlfriend and she's like, oh damn, that sucks. And it turned out to be girl in the water. I don't know what that girl, is. Fuck. The movie with the woman on the train that was stalking that family. Oh, Girl on the Train. Girl, 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 <laughs> girl in the, the water. water. <laughs> girl in the water. Because that's what the movie was called. But anyway, he ended up breaking up with his girlfriend later. And he was like, hey, um, I know maybe I've missed my chance. But if you're still interested, now they're married. Hey, I noticed that maybe you were in a holding pattern. <laughs> I still see you on the train. <laughs> What's good? What's good? We, we've spoken before once. You gave me the encouragement to break up with my girlfriend now that I know that something else is out there. Oh my God. Now that I know that I can do better. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe. Well, okay. I also wanted to talk about a couple of the other things that were brought up in the podcast because I think I can't be the only woman who is thinking about asking someone out and freaked out by it. And one thing that was really a kicker for me is that John Berger talked about how guys traditionally end up with women who are quote unquote or people, you know, who are out of their league. And I've always noticed that too. It's like, wow, okay, like this guy is like dating someone who's like, wow, like that's a real catch for him for whatever reason, whether it's physically or because they have like a really awesome career or they're just like such a catch personality wise, any number of reasons. And this author brought up the fact that like men, because they're doing the approaching, they're oftentimes going to approach their like first choice. 
So even if their first choice says no, it's like, okay, well, their second choice might say yes or their third choice. And it's like still this amazing person. And if you're just kind of like waiting around to see who approaches you, then you're much less likely to end up with someone who's quote unquote out of your league because it's just like, well, we'll see who approaches and then you can like pick from the best of that. But it's just like that really put it into perspective of like, oh, yeah, so I don't have to like be offended that these are the only people approaching me. Like maybe I can approach someone else and like widen my options. Like, yeah, that makes sense. (laughs) What's funny about that is I've said that to you before. And granted, (laughs) you were drunk. I think most times I've said these. What do you mean? Okay, don't say most times as if I'm just drunk every time we hang out. Well, I mean, we don't see each other that frequently. So, the last few times you've seen me, I've not been drunk. Actually, you know what? Okay, I see you how many times a year? Last year, I only saw you like twice, maybe. Really? Maybe. But the time before that is when you told that girl that I was an alcoholic. Oh, my God. I did not tell her that you were an alcoholic. <laughs> yes, you did. No. I mean, in so many words, you did. Uh, okay. Anyway, moving no, on. No, I think we have nope, to address it. Nope. <laughs> Moving on. No. Moving on. Now everyone's going to think I'm an asshole and they won't have the story. It's because you are. No. <laughs> also, that was literally over a year ago. Yeah, it was. Yeah, because we don't see each other that often. I've seen you a lot this year. And when I say this year, I guess I mean in the past 12 months. In the last calendar, calendar year. year. Well, that's, it's always backloaded. It's always in the back quarter of the year. I guess that's true. I don't see you in the summer because you hate me. Leslie. You know what, though? I come down to San Diego. How often are you coming up to L.A., Denzel? See? She didn't even deny it. She didn't even deny <laughs> oh my it. God. can't believe this. Toxic I will friends. not address such a clearly <laughs> ridiculous claim. I can't believe. You heard it at home. Five stars if you think Leslie hates me. Five stars if you don't. It'll be impossible to tell, but I know you're on my side. Write a review. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. When did you tell me this? When did, oh, I said it, but not in so many words. Effectively, like you were lamenting being single. And I said something along the lines of the reason why you're single is because you're not looking for anybody. I think you said that on the first podcast. So I I said it repeatedly. I say it all the time. But I also give great advice. But I hate me. No, I do not hate you. Oh, she denies it now. Oh my goodness. When you say I'm not looking. So I think you have to clarify. When you're on the apps, you are effectively looking. You mean that I'm not pursuing, to use that creepy word again. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure I've elaborated multiple times on what I mean. But in effect, that's what I was going for. Okay. Well, now, after maybe the 10th time hearing it, it finally sunk in. Good for you. Yeah. Yeah. And the other thing, so this is really just going to make me seem very nerdy. So for anyone who doesn't know, I majored in biology in college. You've only said it three times on the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) And so I always like loved the evolutionary biology classes because I feel like evolution and psychology, they just say so much about who we are and about why we do the things that we do that we might not even be aware of. And I think I even took one course that was literally like animal sexuality. And so it was talking about like the mating rituals of animals and like how different species will pursue and like who will do the pursuing. And so I think a lot of evolutionary biology for both animals and for humans and our ancestors has shown, you know, 
typically it's the men who do the approaching. And that's because of a variety of reasons. It can be because of the role of men being hunters and females being gatherers and all of that stuff. So while that's not something that I bring up in every conversation, in the back of my mind, that's kind of always there of like, yeah, maybe we would like to think that we are more involved than that, but maybe we aren't, you know? Okay, Leslie, we shit on toilets. Come on. We're not we're not just shitting in the bushes anymore. We're yeah, not but- slaves to our genetic coding. We can think past a lot of that stuff in the same way that I'm not constantly masturbating. <laughs> like just fucking pulling my padge in public every time I see a sexy lady. Mostly because I don't go out in public anymore. Also <laughs> well- because they find me for that once. I'm just kidding. Oh, I'm, my. I'm I was kidding. Like, wow. I'm kidding. Okay. But I think that's different. You know, like, I think that those are things like if you shit in public or if you like pull your dick out in public, those things have ramifications versus if you in the back of your mind are like, oh, like, I prefer to be the person to pursue someone that doesn't really have any ramifications. No one really looks down on you. There's no consequences. But I will say that even though those were things that I used to kind of, you know, validate my feelings before, in this podcast episode, they talked about those studies specifically, and they actually said that there were female scientists from UCLA who did research about this, and they actually kind of negated a lot of the research. Like, for one, some of the studies were based on fruit flies. I didn't know that. And obviously, fruit flies aren't a good proxy for humans, A, B, they would do this research and show that, like, actually the female fruit flies would approach males almost as frequently as the males approached females. And there was also a lot of research done that showed that women also hunted back in the day in our ancestry. So I say all that to say that a lot of the nerdy things that I use to justify not asking people out are not as valid as I thought they were. Absolutely not. Yeah. And look, never lean on genetic coding for anything right in the past we did this when we were when we were just shitting in trees and hanging out and pissing ourselves we did these things okay we have fucking phones now i can call somewhere in england right now dog we have technology we have brains we can think okay look to some degree i understand like if you are horny you're horny right But that doesn't mean you automatically act on those impulses. You can think about things. You can reason through things. You can start fires with your hands. It's important to be able to use your brain to work through the problems that you're having. This is something that I'm sure I've said to you because I'm a genius. (laughs) If you're not meeting the quality of people that you're wanting to meet, then you need to change your approach. Right? Like If you're saying, like I'm not meeting any good guys... Well, what are you doing to meet good guys? Mm-hmm. Well, I'm waiting for the right one to come to me. Well, hold on. Why are you waiting? You have said that to me. Yes. Because I think I used the word I'm waiting to find the right person. And I think that was taken to mean that I'm like literally twiddling my thumbs and being like, oh, like they'll come around when it's time. That's definitely how I interpreted it. But what I really meant was waiting in the sense of, oh, I'm meeting people, but I haven't met the right person so the waiting is more in terms of like finding someone to commit to not in terms of actually putting myself out there to meet people well that's good too bad you didn't clarify that back then so now i think you're making it up i definitely clarified it on I our episode leave you go back I, to, to interstates and tinder dates it's I get, on the do record have, do you know the timestamp right now 
It oh, was in the very oh, beginning. It was I'm literally sorry. in the sounds, very beginning. Sounds like you just it went back. It was the back first five minutes. Yeah, edited the episode to put that in oh there to punch God. in those lines. Wow. Can't believe you, Leslie. You are ridiculous, but I just, yeah, I just, I think that you kind of misinterpreted, but that being said, it would be kind of unrealistic for me to like all of a sudden just like, well, for one, we don't have the opportunity to walk up to people for the most part. But in theory, hypothetically, it would be unrealistic for me to just go from like zero to a hundred and just go like drop and pick up lines to guys automatically. Maybe, maybe it wouldn't be too bad, right? I mean, if you're not used to approaching people as is, why not start with something that's as insane or as ridiculous as just throwing pickup lines at dudes. Well, I think my thought is that you're going to have the most success when you're doing something that's authentic to who you are. And so I feel like I kind of have to work up to that because I will talk to people I meet in public, you know, like I will strike up conversations with people. So I think that's kind of more authentic to who I am than saying like, Hey, like, I'd love to get your number and go out with you sometime. So my question to you is like, what's your recommendation from working up from just striking up a conversation to making your interest very clear and undeniable. Well, so those are the same thing to me, right? You strike up a conversation and if you want to continue talking to that person, what do you normally do? Do you just say, fuck it, I'm done talking to you? Or do you say, it would be nice to keep talking to you? Can I I have your information? Yeah, okay. Or what you can do is say, fuck all of that. And as you walk up to them, do a little 360, a little spin, rest your arm on the bar and say, you tired? You've been running through my mind all day. Wow. And then wow. blow him a little kiss. <laughs> Leave a review if that would work on you. Five stars. Five stars only. <laughs> Honestly, what I like to do in certain circumstances is just go for it. Mm-hmm. Right? If I'm If I'm there to like flirt with people... I'm going to flirt. I'm going to flirt my ass off. So sometimes you just need to work up to that part of the conversation, right? Yeah. And I mean, if you're willing to start a conversation with somebody, then you're willing to get their number. That's true. Like, I'm going to sit here and talk to you for fucking 30 minutes and just let it go out of the window. Yeah, I mean, I guess historically, and I know this is what we're on this podcast to work past. Historically, my thought is like, if a guy's interested in you and you strike up a conversation with him and he's like, she's cute, then he's going to ask for your number. That's a two-way street though, right? How do you show them that you're interested? I struck up the conversation. That doesn't mean that you're still interested at the end of the conversation. How do we know you're not just being polite? I don't know. Doesn't it kind of go both ways? Like, why should I have to? No, but what I mean is if I struck up the conversation and then they're like, well, how do I know you're still interested? That's literally asking me to do the heavy lifting from the approach all the way to closing. Why? Like, what am I getting in return? Like, how do I know that they're still interested and that they want me to ask for the number? Men do all the time that they do the heavy lifting from striking up the conversation to closing. That's that happens all the time. Why can't it just be a mix of both? If you're interested and you want to continue the conversation, but you have somewhere to go, you can't say like, well, I have somewhere to go. (laughs) Please ask for my number. (laughs) It's I want to continue this conversation. Here's my number. Even if you started the conversation, right? That's how you check to see if somebody else is interested in you without having to guess at whether or not they're interested in you. True. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's that's 
the biggest problem that I have with like this fucking mysterious dating shit. It's not a positive thing. I mean, I'm sure you recognize it at this point where yeah. it's just like, if you want something, what's preventing you from asking for it? Right? Like there's no societal stigma against women flirting too heavy with a bartender and just being like, Hey, what's your number? Something I'm definitely guilty of. <laughs> uh, dog, do you remember? Do you remember that bartender at TGI Fridays? No. When we were in high school? I don't. Oh, no. We had just been out of high school. It was right around when we were 21. There was a woman who worked there. I got fucking plastered one night, and I wrote my number on a receipt, and she just like took it. She said, oh, I'm so sorry. No, thank you. What? And because I was there all the time, and we had- She said, oh, yeah, man. It was- uh, It's like my nightmare. It was fine. It was, and I kept drinking there. Good for you. Yeah, because no shame. No shame in the game. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, there's clearly a lot that I need to work up to. I don't see. I don't know if that's helpful. Like it, it you just got to jump into the pool because I feel like you're the type of person who's going to continue to make excuses as to why they won't do it. I don't think so. You're just going to be like, well, now's not the right time. Oh, it's not going well. Maybe I should just wait for him to ask for my number because it's going so well already. I, I feel like those are your trains of thought. Like, I laugh because I'm like, I could see that. Yeah, right? Like, I just, like, starting with the runner on your block. So what if he's got to pick a different route? Mm. Who cares? The ultimate takeaway here for the listener is dating and interest need to be reciprocated. Yeah. One of the most toxic things you can do is make somebody guess at whether or not you're interested in them. Fair. What you should do is be a fucking adult and you tell them that you're interested. You let them know with your words that you learned because you're not a fucking caveman anymore. Mm, you're yeah. not beating two rocks together, wondering how ook over there created fire if you want something in life you gotta take it yeah as it, wayne gretzky would say as a hundred percent of the shots you don't take absolutely and as a lot of rappers have said close mouth don't get fed yeah how the fuck am i supposed to know you're hungry if you don't say so <laughs> don't you hear my stomach grumbling <laughs> no i can't hear it over these bars <laughs> okay well I think that's a great takeaway and a great place to leave it. But first, I wanted to play a game with you. I don't even know how much of a game it is, actually. It's more of a roast. And I wanted to revisit that book, The Rules, because like I said, I've yet to read it. But I found the titles of all the chapters, all 35 of them. And I picked some of the most interesting ones that are maybe some of the most controversial. And I wanted to just get your unfiltered thoughts in response to these titles. Okay. Okay. All right. One of the chapters, don't stare at men or talk too much. Huh? <laughs> don't stare at men? I mean, like, don't look at them when they're talking or don't look them in the eyes for too long because they might maul you. So <laughs> I, again, haven't read the book, but I read a few articles because I was like trying to like glean more information about it and the tone. And it seems like some of the advice that they give is when you're on a date, like don't stare at your date too intently because it'll like make you seem too thirsty. Not that's not the word they used, but that's the gist of it. Okay. Well, you. You want to look at the person who's talking, and if you if the instruction is don't talk too much, and the other person is doing most of the time, what are you supposed to do? Look elsewhere, <laughs> like <laughs> quietly, like looking off. Around oh, the- interesting. 
<laughs> that would literally make anyone think like, oh, clearly this person is bored. Yeah, absolutely. And don't talk too much. I mean, I guess that's like just conversation 101. If you're having a conversation with somebody, a good way to make a lot of people feel really good is to get them talking about themselves. Yeah, And true. let them just keep going. Yeah. That, I mean, that's half of that advice is okay, but if it's, it needs to be elaborated on. Yeah. I think I would need more context because I suspect that the latter half is coming from a more toxic place, not of like, Oh, make sure that you're really paying attention to their. Oh, women are demure. Yeah. Literally shut your mouth or you're a whore. I think literally demure is one of the words that they have used in the book to describe kind of how you should behave around men. Next episode. Let's review the rules. Yes. We should review the rules and the game. Oh, I would love that. Yeah, just back-to-back book reviews. Yeah, I think that'd be great. Two of the most toxic episodes you'll ever listen to. I know, but I think people need to... We'll read it so you don't have to. Yeah, yep. Okay, the next one. Don't call him and rarely return his calls. I just want to punch this person in the face (laughs) Well, it's two of them, so you can punch each of them. Just, it's... That's such terrible advice. Are you fucking kidding me? What are you, four years old? I'm going to withhold my attention from you. You don't deserve it. Yeah. That's fucking toxic. There was actually a really funny profile on uh, Tinder that I saw. Sometimes what I notice dudes will do is they will change their profiles to a woman seeking man. And they'll like eyeball other dudes profiles to see if they should change. What the competition is? Yeah. And so I had noticed a dude had done that. And his bio was just like, swipe right if you're toxic. <laughs> and I was just like, hell yeah, dude. Boy, that's funny. Yeah. It's, uh, I fuck with that energy. Yeah. But if so you swipe bo- right? Uh, yes, absolutely. <laughs> I'm very toxic. Mm. I'm Britney Spears hit single, baby. <laughs> that advice is like genuinely toxic. Yeah. The whole thing is like, if you're trying to fall in love with somebody or start a romantic relationship with somebody, it should start with like reciprocation, mm-hmm. not withholding things. Like it's the same thing as like withholding sex in a relationship mm-hmm. as a punishment. It's like yeah. baffling. Your attention or your feelings aren't something that needs to be hidden, kept away from somebody mm-hmm. as a way to get them to pay more attention to you mm-hmm. or to make them more endeared towards you. Because then what's the other side of that coin? What if he starts doing that to her? Yeah. Right? It's negging. Let me tell you that I love your shirt, but it would be better in red. <laughs> Or your hair is lovely. I wish you would wear it in a bow sometimes. <laughs> like shit like that. Yeah. Like, do you, do you really want that back and forth? Yeah. No, definitely not. But I don't know that the authors of the book ever assumed that these things would lead to that. I think that their assumption is like, well, if you behave this way, he will fall madly in love with you and treat you like a queen. Yeah. And some people believe that putting period blood in marinara sauce will make you fall in love with them. What? Dead ass. What witchcraft is this? Yes. Yikes. Yeah. This is people, people believe all kinds of crazy shit. And just because some fucking weirdo that wrote a book, let's also clarify that (laughs) writing a book, there's no like standardized requirement for having to write a book. You could be completely insane and write a book. (laughs) That's true. I still have a PDF copy of this weird religions book 
Like it lacks punctuations, all kinds of shit. Published by an actual publisher. Wow. It was fucking insane. Yeah. But no requirements to write a book. True. Anybody can do it. Not all the advice is good. No, it's so true. It's a low barrier to entry, surprisingly. Yeah. Yeah. All right. The next one. Don't meet him halfway or go Dutch on a date. What are you, a fucking child? You want somebody to take care of you? You want me to get you a bottle? Hmm? You want me to burp you? Change your diaper? <laughs> I mean, in this case, yeah. I think they're just like, the man should pick you up. No, fuck that. I mean... How do you feel about that? Like, if you're meeting a woman for a first date, like, I don't want a stranger to pick me up, but, like, in theory. Like, if I were to say, oh, like, I actually only want to meet in my neighborhood, for example, would that be something that's a deal breaker? Depends on how far you live from me. Okay. And this is going to sound like some real fuckboy shit, but it depends on what I'm looking for at that moment. If it's like, I'm trying to fuck you, and that's probably about it, then sure, I'll drive to your neighborhood. But not if you're trying to pursue the woman? Um, My mentality is different. I'm less likely to make the decision leading to sex if I'm trying to pursue somebody long term. Okay. Not in a predatory way. I guess I'm just surprised because I kind of would assume it would be opposite. Like if you are trying to date someone seriously, that you would be more inclined to go to their neighborhood to impress them. And if you're just looking for sex, that you're kind of like, I don't care what you think of me. It's more so because I don't bring people over to my apartment. Yeah. For obvious reasons. (laughs) It's, yeah, I'll go to your neighborhood. We'll meet up. If you invite me up, then I'm going to smash. Right? Like, I'm not going to come meet you in my neighborhood and <laughs> introduce you to my apartment. Mm-hmm. And this is it's specifically a me problem, though. Okay. Like my apartment. You got to put it like a cool effect on that. <laughs> uh, it's it's not glamorous here, right? And it would be extremely off-putting, at least in my mind. And as somebody who wishes this apartment was better put together, mm-hmm. it's like... This is not impressive to anybody. This is not impressive to me. It's not impressive to many people. So what I would say is take me over to your dirty ass apartment where I can be that image of goofy. Mm -hmm. Damn bitch, you live like this. (laughs) I want to do that. So you can't do that to me. Interesting. Well, okay. Why don't you just like fix your apartment so then you have more control over the situation? You have no idea... How many pieces of furniture I have fucking bookmarked. Okay, that's the first step. I dog, it's so expensive. I wanted I want to get rid of all of this shit. Yeah. I mean, there's not that much shit to get rid of, if we're being honest. But like anyway, what was the the name of the chapter again? That was don't meet him halfway or go Dutch on a date. Yeah. So if you're not paying for a date, I mean I think depending on again what I'm trying to get out of the encounter. I'm fine with paying for the date because I am known to pay for experiences. Mm-hmm. I'm just kidding. <laughs> that was a joke. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Oh I'm kidding. God. I don't mind paying for dinner because yeah. like I'm at a point in my life where I'm not going to be popped if I go have a couple cocktails. Yeah. And like oftentimes if I'm inviting somebody out to do something and you're meeting me somewhere and we're going to be engaging in like a long-term relationship or I'm trying to pursue that, what's more likely to happen is I'll invite you somewhere that I'll already be going to. Yeah. Like treat you like I would treat the homies. If I'm just trying to have sex with you, it's expediency, right? Mm. It's okay. I'll meet you in your neighborhood. Okay. I'll pay for dinner. Okay. I'll come up. Yeah. No, I'm not going to eat your pussy. 
Wow. Uh, You're stranger. Oh my God. You, you can be inside a... of someone, but you won't go down on them. I've done it a couple times and both times and I got strep throat. What? On strangers. N- wait. Dead ass. On two separate people. Two separate people. Strep throat. What even causes strep throat? I don't know. It's not an STD. No, it's not. I don't know what caused it. Maybe it's just a weird coincidence. It could be, but I'm not taking any chances. Okay, mister. Oh, well, 2,000 isn't a big enough sample size. Two isn't a big enough sample size. For me, it is. Wow. The hypocrisy. I I go to school full-time. I work full-time. And now I have a part-time job, madam. I can't afford to miss any days you of work. You didn't when you got this strep throat. So. No, no, I didn't. I had one job. And that job also, was not getting sick from eating pussy. I bet that is, no. Okay. This is fake news. You cannot get strep throat from going know, down on a woman. It, it, look, there's a good chance that that's not what the cause was. But now in my mind, I associate eating strangers puss with getting sick. Oh my God. Wow. Wow. Okay. Okay. Look, maybe it was a little bit exaggerated for comedic yeah. effect. I'm not that averse to it. If you if you ask me to do it, I'll probably cave. And when <laughs> I get sick, that's exactly what a woman wants for a guy to be like. Oh, okay, fine. <laughs> I would. I would <laughs> never. I would never. I would just hit the Birdman hand rub. <laughs> I, there's there are plenty of gifts. <sighs> Oh my God. The, it's specifically the one with the explosion and the doves behind him. That's the that one, one that I'm going to do. Well, if there are doves, that makes up for the initial hesitancy. And also, to clarify, I <sighs> I typically will not let a stranger suck my dick either. I was going to bring that up. I don't. That's not. Okay. Because I've had it go badly before. What do you mean? Too much teeth. What? I've definitely made somebody cry. Not. It was like... <laughs> because you told her she was using too many teeth? Yes. I kept getting nicked. And I was just like, I was like, oh, sorry. Would you mind stopping? Like very like... And she cried? Yeah, she cried. It was a, oh it was a bad night That's overall. a horrible experience it, for it everybody. It was so bad. It was, it was, it was a night. As Shalimar oh once God. sang, a night to remember. Yikes. Dog, I've had a handful of experiences <laughs> that are just fucking insane yeah clearly yeah listen to that first episode you're not getting those had all the best stories in it. that was that was the prime material all right so the next rule don't accept a saturday night date after a wednesday fuck does that even mean we have to review this book because this sounds like such shitty advice don't accept what you need me to plan five days in advance apparently the prioritize the, the woman. I get that this book was written in 1995 when the internet was much slower. So you didn't have things as useful as Yelp to tell you where to go. Yeah. Or like maybe your friends had their phone lines tied up for days at a time <laughs> before you could ask them where you should go. But like, give me a fucking break. Yeah. What the fuck is that supposed to mean? Wild. It yeah. is interesting. Yep. We're, this is uh, very stupid. <laughs> It's very stupid. Okay, I have two more, two more chapters. Always end the date first. So it's kind of like what we talked about when we discussed, you know, someone who I interviewed who has a rule that she sets for herself where she wants to end the date after two hours. And I know we talked about this in depth where I think it's less about the rule and it's more about like this person identifying that they maybe give too much of themselves on first dates. And so they're setting this as a boundary setting exercise. But in this case, I think it's just like, 
a leave him wanting more a philosophy. That's stupid. If you want to spend time with somebody, just spend time with somebody. I promise you, there are very few people in this world who are saying, mm, I spent too much time with her yesterday. Ew. I don't want to see her again. <laughs> like, if if they don't want to be around you, they won't be. Yeah. Right? Yeah. If, just live your life. Live your motherfucking life. Don't ever look at a set of rules and be like, damn. This shit needs to dictate my life. Did I did I tell the astrology uh, story in the first episode? I don't think so. Dog, God, fucking put a bullet in me. There was a woman that I had met on Tinder, and this was my first experience with somebody who was into astrology. Okay. And now, because of that one person, I'm making wide generalizations about <laughs> sample a, size of one. Let's sample size on the of record. one. Yes, there were a handful of problems with this person that I had met, but amongst them was her need to do a natal chart for me oh, when wow. we first started talking. What even is that? Uh, I dog ask somebody who's into astrology. <laughs> I think it's like a more in-depth horoscope. So she asked me for the time that I was born, oh, God. as well as the day. And the year of that course. sounds like a birth chart. Like is she that, was doing that. Yeah, natal chart, birth chart. I think so. I yeah, think say, that, I assume that's the same thing. Yeah, I purposefully do not look at any information. Yeah, I don't uh, care about that at all. So she did that on the first day. We chat for like about four days or so afterwards, and on the fourth day, typically my my whole thing when I was on those apps is get off the app as mm-hmm. fast as possible. Yeah, but that doesn't really matter anymore because everybody's got a fucking cell phone like every you're either on the app or you're in their text messages it may change the value of the relationship to the person who knows who cares anyway we were still on the app and i asked her like hey like do you want to go out this weekend Mm -hmm. and she said "Ooh, astrologically dating is not the wave right now what and i was just like oh my god are you fucking serious yeah i was just like like i didn't know you were this like into this like look letting strangers dictate how you live your life based on weird rules that are applicable to them isn't great yeah like yeah a great example is i watch a lot of drag race Mm -hmm. right and if you ask violet tchotchke what it took for her to be successful in drag that's gonna look a lot different than what it took somebody like Trixie Mattel to Mm -hmm. be successful in drag. Okay. Like their approaches, despite being on the same season of the same show, their approaches are very different. Yeah. There are a lot of different things that you can do to be successful. Mm -hmm. Right. And just because somebody was successful with one thing doesn't mean you can't be successful with something else. Like, don't get me wrong. Like you can be perfectly successful doing these weirdo trad life rules. Like don't wear shoes in the house. (laughs) Or be barefoot in the kitchen. My God. Be pregnant all the time. Be pregnant all the time. If you're not pregnant, pregnant. you're not a real woman. My God. Like, if you want to live those trad life things, feel free to do so. That might work for your life. But if you're listening to some fucking weirdo who, or a couple of weirdos who wrote a weird book about how trad life you need to be, maybe... Reconsider. Yeah. Also, I know you've explained this to me, but for people who don't know, can you explain what trad life is? It's the embracing of traditional values. And by traditional values, I mean Judeo-Christian values in that you have a man, a woman, 
two kids, a dog. And the man is the primary breadwinner. The woman is the home body, home care taker, home taker, maker, homemaker, homemaker. Thank you. Homemaker. And you have the kids that the wife takes care of. Yeah. It's all reliant on like the 1950s idea of a nuclear home Mm -hmm. where it's just you got the man, the woman, the kids. She's at home getting drunk and fucking the pool boy. Oh my god! Uh, he's at work fucking the secretary and getting drunk. Wow! It's like what a, what a time to be alive. Yeah, and your a, kids alive. grow up to resent you. Yeah, that's exactly what they're asking for. Okay. I'm just kidding. I don't know about those latter things, but trad life is uh, man, woman, children. Man's a breadwinner. Okay. Well, the last one. Stop dating him if he doesn't get you a romantic gift for your birthday or Valentine's Day. Okay, so let's say we start dating on January 15th mm-hmm. or February 1st, and your birthday is on February 2nd, and Valentine's Day is after that. Do you expect me to get you a gift? I mean, I don't know. I don't know that this is like, I, again, because I haven't read it. Maybe they have a little caveat that it's like if you just started dating within three months, lower your expectations. Not yeah. sure, but... How soon is too soon to get somebody a gift? That's a great question. So I actually... Wrong talked- answer. No, I it have a story. On that well, I have a story actually. Okay. Right. So right. last year I had gone on two dates with this person and I did like him. Like I thought it was going well. And then I knew that his birthday was coming up. And so we weren't going to hang out on his birthday. I think we were going to hang out like the day after or something like that. And I asked two people for advice on what should I do? Cause I don't want to do anything that's extra. Like I'm not going to buy him something nice, but like what should I do to like acknowledge the day? And one of my friends and her husband were like, yeah, you should like bake him brownies and like buy him some beer. That would be nice. And then I talked to Will and he was like, baking him brownies is like too much. That would like weird me out. So Will is a particular dude. So I say all that to say, like, I was left being like, well, now I don't know what to do because I got very strong opinions about both options. And I think it really just varies on the person, right? It's like, oh, that is the right answer. Yeah. See, I was going to get there. Yeah. Just give me a chance. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, no. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Maybe maybe you could do the adult thing. Maybe you don't have to surprise them that first year. Mm. Fucking ask them. I'm saying EM for them. Ask them. What they would want? Yeah. Just say like, hey, like, do you want me to do anything for your birthday? Would you like anything? Yeah. And hopefully you're not seeing somebody who's going to say no but the answer, but is, answer yes. is yes. I would hope not. I feel like I don't want to generalize a whole group of people, but I feel like usually that's something that females do, not men. I don't know. When it comes to I, gifts. I don't know. Maybe I don't date men. I couldn't say. Yeah. Maybe, fair. maybe they do. Maybe they don't. I wouldn't because I have a very particular communication style. Very direct. Yeah. If you couldn't duck. tell after the last, however many hours this has been. It's uh, yeah. I prefer to be direct. It's the most helpful thing that you can do for anybody. That's true. So that was the last chapter. I think that's a great place to wrap up. But where can people find you if they want to maybe come to you for some very direct advice of their own? Don't find me. You can't find me anywhere. I'm an enigma wrapped in a mystery. Oh, my gosh. If you really want, I'm on Instagram at that Denzel. I host a podcast that's about movies. You can check me out there. It's great. Yeah. 
Awesome. And as always, you can find my podcast at Interstates and Heartbreak on Instagram, spelled out. You can find me at Leslie Nope, L-E-S-L-I-E-G-N-O-P-E. Thanks, Denzel. Thank you, Leslie. Let's be exclusive. Subscribe to Interstates and Heartbreak wherever you listen to podcasts for more firsthand stories about the unglamorous side of dating in Los Angeles. And while you're at it, you can write me a love letter with a rating and review on Apple. See you next Sunday.